Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash w-a-n-t-p-o-w-e-r. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 295. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Master Certified Life and Weight Loss Coach, Katrina Ubell, MD. This is the podcast where busy doctors like you come to learn how to lose weight for the last time by harnessing the power of your mind. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hello there, my friend. How are you? So glad to be talking to you today. I've been thinking about this episode all week (laughs) and I'm finally getting around to recording it for you. I have been a busy bee. I know we all are busy. We all have our things to do. But as I'm recording this, I've been recording a lot of guest spots on a variety of different podcasts to talk about my upcoming book. So I've been busy doing that, which is just really fun for me because I love to connect with people, particularly one-on-one. I mean, I kind of think that the podcast format is kind of my thing. In case you hadn't noticed. (laughs) So anyway, I'm actually really excited to share this episode. I'm going to be sharing some of the personal work that I've been doing. I realized I haven't really done that too much in a while. And when I've done that in the past, I've always gotten such good feedback. And I think it's also really good for everybody to know that even when you're a coach and even when you help guide people and help them through their own stuff, you have your own stuff that you got to work through. And it's not always easy. And I think it's just good for us to see, you know what, like it's an example of walking the talk. (laughs) Seriously. So I have a feeling that what I'm going to share will resonate with you as well, at least on some level. So um, this will be a good one to also share with other people as you see things maybe popping up for them in their lives, particularly other doctors for sure. So very excited about it. And by the title, you might already have an idea what it's about, or maybe not. Maybe you'll be like, what's this one about? And I can't wait to tell you. Okay, next thing. 
So my book, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time, Brain-Based Solutions for Permanent Weight Loss, is going to be released on September 20th. And if you've already pre-ordered the book, I thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. It really, really does help the book. The publisher is so excited about all the buzz and energy and excitement around it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you so much. If you have pre-ordered the book and you have not signed up for the bonus workshop yet that I'm doing on Saturday, September 24th, you're definitely going to want to get in there and register for it. The name of the workshop is called Guarantee Your Weight Loss Success, and it is only for people who pre-order the book. So the book comes out on September 20th, and then the workshop is on September 24th. So you're going to want to get in there and sign up. So how do you do that? You pre-order the book however you like to buy books. So if you go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble or the independent bookseller of your choice, you will get an order number and then you will go to katrinaubellmd.com forward slash last time. And there will be a place there where you can enter that order number and then you'll get your ticket to be able to come to the event. Okay. So if you're like, oh, shoot, I'm going to be, you know, whatever, at an event that day or out of town, and I can't come, you should still register. We will send you the recording of it as well. So this is something special to thank you for pre-ordering. And I actually was working on this a couple of days ago, this workshop, Guarantee Your Weight Loss Success. And oh, man, I was in flow. I was getting some really good ideas. I'm so excited because it's going to really play so nicely with the content of the book, but you won't be expected to have read the book yet. So it's going to really set you up for success as you get your copy of the book and start working your way through it. So super excited for you. Definitely make sure you get your uh, ticket for that by pre-ordering, entering your order number at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash last time, and then come and join me on the 24th. Okay, the final thing I have to tell you about is something that's really cool that I'm actually super excited about. It's going to be happening next week, and it's something called the Soul Symposium. So it's happening next week, September 12th through the 17th, I believe. And it's going to be five days. So it's going to be Monday through Friday. And it's basically five authors, me included, and we all have books that are releasing around September, October time. Okay. It's completely free to go to it. And what you'll find is that there's going to be an hour long interview conversation with each author, one on each day. And so I want to tell you what these books are. So I go first. Mine is being released on September 12th. So my book, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. Okay. Of course you want that, right? (laughs) And you get to have a great conversation. I get to listen to me have a great conversation with Carrie Oberbrunner, who is uh, someone who I've actually known for several years. Um, We were both part of, or we are both part of of a program where we met and we kind of bonded over the fact that he grew up where I live now and things like that. And so his business is actually in helping authors to um, get their books out into the world. So partnered with his team and the publisher and my team, and we're all doing what we can to help get this book out into the world. So these are all authors who've been working with him. So I'm going first. Then we have a book called a new kind of diversity, making the different generations on your team a competitive advantage. And this is by an author named Tim Elmore. And I think this is so interesting over the last several years, many of us have been thinking about and talking about diversity more. And he's really talking here about generational diversity. And I think that particularly if you struggle to connect to different generations, maybe it's generations of people in your family, maybe it's generations of people that you work with. Maybe if you're a doctor, you're like, I do not know what's going on with this you know, younger generation of doctors or trainees. I think this book is going to be really interesting. I'm very excited to read it. Just thinking about how to really leverage those differences to make your team more successful. I love that. The minute I kind of heard the term millennial and then people talking about it in such a negative way. I immediately kind of felt like, oh, that just seems like kind of unfair to this group of people 
And I'm not saying that that group, that generation doesn't think about things differently, but also in a lot of ways, I'm like, go them. They're like, yeah, I'm not going to do this nonsense that you guys all have been just putting up with forever. And maybe that could be a really amazing message for us too. (laughs) So anyway, I think that's going to be a great one. So Tim um, is next. Then we have Dr. Tammy Lewis Wilborn, and she wrote a book called Playing a New Game, A Black Woman's Guide to Being Well and Thriving in the Workplace. I actually have the pleasure of hearing Dr. Wilborn speak, and I was so interested in what she had to say, and I can't wait to actually check this book out. I think it's going to be really, really awesome. I think that even those of us who are not Black women I think we can really learn a lot by it. So anyway, I'm super excited for her talk and super excited to check out her book for sure. Then we have a book called The Peace Index, a five-part framework to conquer chaos and find fulfillment by Jeremy Kubitschek. And I have to tell you that I'm also excited about this book because what do I always talk about? Peace and freedom around food. We want peace in the rest of our lives as well. And I was thinking, you know, it's like five-part framework to conquer chaos and find fulfillment. Who doesn't want to conquer chaos like I do? (laughs) How often do we feel chaotic, like in our lives, in our brains, right? We want to feel fulfilled. These are those most important things in our lives, right? We focus sometimes on the real individual things instead of focusing on the bigger picture, which is we just want to feel satisfied and fulfilled in our lives. So that one's going to be great. And then this final one is um, a book by Lee Richter, and it's called Blockchain Life, Making Sense of the Metaverse, NFTs, Cryptocurrency, Virtual Reality, Augmented Reality, and Web3. And I'm telling you, this book, I'm thinking about it, it's like kind of like taking a vitamin or eating your vegetables. Not in the sense I haven't read it. So I don't know, like, I'm not saying it's like a hard book to understand or anything like that. But this is one of those things, I don't know about you, but I have heard these words. (laughs) I know they are a thing. I maybe have a little bit of knowledge about some of them. The others, I don't know what it is at all. But I kind of feel like I should know more. Like, this is really a thing now. This isn't just some kind of fleeting thing that's just going to be gone. Like, I think a lot of the stuff is the way life is moving, whether we like it or not. And I think it'd be really helpful to understand these things better. So I think this book's going to be super great as well. So this whole thing is free to be able to listen to all these. Now, if you listen to this episode and you're like, shoot, Katrina, yours is already passed. September 12th has already passed. It's okay because you can still go and register and get the recordings that have already passed. So even if you're listening to this after the 12th, you can still go get it. So to just get your free you know, registration for that, just go to soulsymposium.xyz. Isn't that fun? We ran out of .com and .co and .everything else. So now we do .xyz, soulsymposium.xyz. So I'm super excited to to check this out. And just to let you know, this, I mean, it's completely free. There's nothing required. Like you're not going to be marketed to by a bunch of people. You're not going to get on a whole bunch of email lists or anything. But what I did want you to know is that at the end of the symposium, they will be putting together a bit of a package. And if you pre-order all five of the books, then you get an amazing bonus from each author. So I'm actually putting something in there that I have never, like people have asked me so much like, well, can I pay for this? I really want this. And I've never, ever offered it before, <laughs> except for people who are signing up for my program as a bonus. So it's going to be something that you're definitely going to want, especially if you've been following for a while and maybe don't qualify for my programs. So you're going to want to check that out. And then I just wanted to let you know that you might be like, well, shoot, but I already pre-ordered your book. So I don't really need a second one. Should I really order the bundle? But here's what I wanted to tell you. So you can get all those bonuses. You want to pre-order everything. And then the second copy of my book, you know what? Just give it to one of your patients or give it to someone in your office or pass it on to, you know, your sister or your friend or somebody like that. Such a great way to get the message out about the book. I know for so many doctors and other healthcare professionals, they're like, I cannot wait 
to have something to offer to people and how fun to have a book that you can maybe even offer them and say, hey, why don't you read this and then, you know, bring it back to me and then tell me what you think and we can talk about it. And then, you know, you can maybe pass it along to other people as well. So anyway, check it out. Soulsymposium.xyz. It's going to be great. I'm really excited for it. Oh, Okay, that's it. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> you might be like, oh my gosh, when's she going to start? Okay, here we go. So take a little breath for a moment. I'm just going to share what's been honest to goodness happening for me lately. And I, and I really want to make sure that this is not coming across as like some sort of weird humble brag or like, oh, poor me, I've got a book coming out. Like, I definitely don't mean it like that at all. But to just share with you what's been going on for me on a mental and emotional level, getting this book out into the world has been stretching me to places I did not even know existed. And to a certain extent, to be honest, it's really kind of taken me by surprise that it's felt as bad as it has. I think I always thought like the writing part is the awful part. And then you get to just tell people about it. How fun. And for me, I mean, definitely the writing part had its ups and downs. But comparatively speaking, it was definitely not as challenging or as deeply, strongly emotional (laughs) for me as doing the actual marketing part, the part of like getting it out into the world and actually telling people about the book. So I knew that this was starting to be a problem when I started feeling anxious, basically 95% of the time of my waking hours, I really just felt this It was like I felt like over caffeinated or something like I felt like literally physiologically like my heart rate was up. I had such like a sick feeling in my stomach feeling very, very nervous and trying to figure out like, why am I feeling this way? Because in my brain, logically, what I'm thinking, right, what's a, what I am aware of is like, yeah, there's a lot to do. Like I'm thinking, oh, is this just kind of overwhelmed because there are so many moving pieces and different things to keep track of. And, you know, it's just it's a lot for even my whole team right now. Like everybody is really stretched thin and working to make this happen. Like, is it related to that? Like, you know, and then I was like, remind, you know, just picking different thoughts, like what exactly what I teach you, like, well, let's just question this. And here's the thing, like, it's all okay. We're going to get done what we can get done. It's going to be more than enough. And I do believe that all to be true. I wasn't really telling myself, you know, outwardly, overtly in my awareness, my uh, my conscious awareness, any kind of like scary story that would (laughs) warrant all of this anxiety. And so I was spending a lot of time sitting with it, just being with myself, honoring it. Yes, it's normal to be anxious during this time. Just really a level of anxiety that I have not really experienced before in my life. Well, definitely not since I stopped emotionally eating. So maybe I felt had something like this in the past and I just ate a bunch. I don't know. But anyway, (laughs) I don't do that anymore. So I've been really dealing with this. And so when I say anxiety, I mean, I'm talking like really kind of terrified. And by kind of, I mean, really terrified. Like literally a feeling of terror, like so much fear, so much worry, really, really intense level. And so I'm like, okay, what is going on? Like what's happening here? Because if I'm still feeling that, then of course, on a subconscious level, I still have beliefs and thoughts about what's happening that's making me feel that way, right? So I have been working with lots of people to help me (laughs) because it takes a village (laughs) sometimes to support us. And I really realized that so much of it was because of just putting myself out there, just the level of exposure, which at face value seems like a good thing, right? We want exposure. We want people to know about the book. But there's like a part of me that's like very motivated by that potential impact by thinking about how this book can 
you know, not only just changed so many people's lives, but also changed the way like the medical community approaches weight loss with people. I feel like on a lot of levels, we've really been failing people who struggle with their weight and instead really inadvertently shaming them, making them feel like they're broken because of this messaging that has been sent out for so many years. And of course, so many of us are actually on the receiving end of that messaging as well, even though we are also medical providers. So it's just an area where I really feel like I can make a difference and I want to make a difference. And so this book is going to be such a great way to do that. Okay, so that is the part of my brain (laughs) that's very logical. And it's like, this all makes sense. And there's nothing to worry about. And then there's a part of me that wants to climb in a hole and never come out. And I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) Okay. And so I had to figure out what was going on with that part of me, right? Like so much fear, so much just wanting to hide. I don't want people to look at me. I don't want people to know about me. I don't want their attention on me. And in reflection, this is not really necessarily a super new thing. Like there's a reason I got married on the beach in Hawaii with just immediate family there. The idea of walking down the aisle in a church or wherever with a big wedding and all these people looking at me just always made me feel really uncomfortable. I just didn't want that. I have the story that I tell myself that I'm always much better in smaller, you know, smaller groups are feeling like really more intimately connected with people. Like I don't love being in a situation where there's all these people looking at me. And that has been a thing that I've really been working on, but I've been able to get a lot more to the root of what's going on. And I have a feeling that there might be some element of this that you deal with too. And that's why I'm telling you about it. So working with therapists, coaches, friends who are coaches, talking to my husband, like just so many different people that I've been enlisting to help support me right now. What I've realized is that there's a quite young part of me that is very fearful. And that's like kind of that part of me that's freaking out and wants to go climb under the covers, pull the covers over her head and never, ever peek out ever again. So there's this very young part of me that's really, really terrified. So I've been spending a lot of time going, okay, so let me find out more about what that fear is about. And we don't have enough time for me to talk about all the fears that I had as a child. (laughs) But I will tell you about the part that has really made a significant difference for me in terms of of working through this anxiety and terror and bringing it down to a manageable level. So I want to tell you a little story. So I went to this really lovely elementary school. That time we lived in Southern California. So anybody who lives in that area, Cardin Conejo School, that was the school I went to. It's still in existence. (laughs) So I went to this school and it was just lovely. It was a, a great school to go to. And one of the things that they did on the last day of school every year was the teacher would give out awards. So maybe you had something like this, or maybe it was kind of messaging in a different way. But basically, every single student would get some sort of award, like best whatever, or most whatever. And I got the same award two years in a row, two different teachers. Interesting, right? (laughs) And I was remembering what that award was. So I'm thinking about second, third grade. So about seven, eight years old, which is around the age of this little version of me inside me that is freaking the you know what out. Okay, guess what the award was? The award was most conscientious. And there's the title of this episode. So I got the most conscientious award twice. So I was thinking about that and thinking about being conscientious and what that was. And I was realizing 
the reason I got that award and the reason why the teacher felt that I was so conscientious was because I was doing everything in my power to not draw attention to myself, right? I'm not going to get into trouble. I'm going to do everything when I'm supposed to do it. I'm going to listen the first time. I'm going to be well behaved. I'm not going to cause trouble and I'm going to just do as I'm told because that way I won't get negative attention at all. Like it was like, I'd rather have no attention than negative attention. Like I'd rather just kind of melt into the background and no one notice me than to have negative attention on me. And so I obviously did this enough that two different teachers recognized that. But here's the thing, I was rewarded for that behavior, right? Like they probably said that I was just a dream to have in the classroom and never caused problems and was so helpful and so great to have around, right? Because I didn't cause them any trouble. Well, that was great for them. But being rewarded for that, having that behavior reinforced as something that's really great, maybe one of the best qualities about me only made me do that more and more and more. Like to not really listen to necessarily what I wanted to do because it's normal for children to push the limits and to want to try different things and to get in trouble as they do that. Like, no, I'm just going to keep everything under wraps, everything under control. So that way I can be okay, right? So really what this was, when I was being so conscientious, I was really people pleasing. What I was doing was I was creating safety for myself, a feeling of safeness, safety, and I was creating security for myself. And that safety and security hinged on others approving of me. You know, me doing behavior that others liked, that others valued, that they saw as being good. Right. So as long as they were approving of me, I could feel safe. I could feel secure. And what's really interesting is that over the course of time kind of builds up a lot of pressure. Right. Like I remember a few times where, you know, I didn't really get in trouble, but like you could tell the teacher was like not pleased. And oh, man, just even a little bit of the teacher being displeased, how much I didn't like that. And that got me back in line. A lot of pressure. Right. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be the way we're expected to be, the way other people want us to be. And I was thinking about coping mechanisms for that and coping mechanisms for that pressure. And of course, it makes sense that when we're struggling in that way, or we feel like we have to be a certain way in order to be accepted and approved of by others, that we would then start to turn to food, right? Because the food is never going to tell us we're in trouble. Food is just going to be there. And we're going to feel good when we eat it. It's a nice distraction. It's a nice relief from the pressure of just being me in my life, right? So I don't think that I actually really had that many opportunities to overeat too much as a child, which is why I didn't really struggle with my weight too much then. But I for sure remember being much more interested in sugar than other people were. Like one of the big examples I can think of is like if I ever went on a sleepover to another friend's house and they had sugar cereal in their house, which we did not have in our house, I was so excited to eat that sugar cereal for breakfast in the morning. And I wanted more than one bowl. And I remember on several occasions thinking that it was so weird that the girl whose house I was staying over at wasn't like over the moon excited that we had whatever sugar cereal to eat, cinnamon toast crunch or whatever it was, right? And it just goes to show, right? These things start for many of us very early. So of course, it makes sense if you understand that foundation, that now I would be in a place where I'm opening up myself and my work to tons of judgment and criticism. And I'm sorry, but weight loss, this is a, it's a heated subject for a lot of people. I mean, I've many times recently had the thought like, why'd I have to pick this to do? 
why couldn't I pick something that wasn't so polarizing? You know, because I'm just like inside, right? My my brain's just like, you need to just run away. We need to get away from this. I know what the solution is. You should just help people with a different problem <laughs> as though there aren't other problems that are just as polarizing or more so. Here's the thing though. Once I understood this framework and understood that it was this younger part of me who was so rewarded for falling in line and never causing trouble and never ruffling feathers and never challenging the norm, it makes complete sense that that part of me would be absolutely, completely terrified right now, right? Like I'm totally doing all the things that I've tried to not do my whole life (laughs) in order to create safety and security. So of course I would feel that way. And here's what's so interesting is that as soon as I put this all together for myself, understood this pattern, that part that was so scared actually has calmed down. So I'm not going to say that I have no anxiety. I'm not going to say that I have no fear around this, but it's so much less just really in the last week, to be honest, because I've been working on this and working on this, trying to figure this out. And so I just feel so much more accepting of like, of course, it makes sense. I'm going to feel this way. And ironically, once we understand it, we can take a breather and soothe that part that's so fearful. And by doing that, the intensity of the emotions go down. It's kind of like that part of us is freaking out inside of us to get our attention. Like I kind of think of it like she's just like pulling all the fire alarms, like somebody pay attention because something bad is going to happen. We are not okay. We are not okay. We are not okay. (laughs) And by me actually sort of quote unquote hearing her out or really understanding what that's all about, she now knows like, hey, okay, we're okay. We've got this. I've been heard. It's all okay. If you're kind of wondering this language that I'm using, a lot of this is comes from internal family systems, which is a form of therapy that I'm not trained in, but I've learned a lot about. And uh, a lot of our coaches utilize inside our Weight Loss for Doctors Only program as well can be a really, really amazing tool to help us work with ourselves, particularly through things that happened to us in the past. So, and you know, most of us recognize this anyway, right? We talk about like, well, there's part of me that wants to go out tonight. There's part of me that wants to stay home and stay in my jammies. You know, like we recognize that there's sort of different parts of us. So that has been such a great memory to recall so that I can have compassion for that younger version of myself who's so scared. And I can create now from my adult place where I am in charge of myself, that sense of safety and security that I was lacking so much. So like I said, I mean, do I get nervous when I think about some different media opportunities? Totally. But like, that's okay. It's going to be okay. We're all okay. We're safe. We're secure. So what I want to end this on as we wrap up is asking you, what kind of most, in quotes, were you? Or what kind of best were you? Were you considered most responsible? Is that what everybody talked about? Oh, so-and-so, you know, she's so responsible. Were you most capable? Were you the most intelligent? Were you smartest? Were you considered the most helpful? Were you the best student? Were you the hardest worker? What was it, whether it was an actual overt award like what I got, or if it was just what people said about you and the kind of identity they created for you that you bought into and believed, just identifying what that was and then exploring for yourself how that might be playing out in your life now can be 
super, super, super meaningful. Because as I've just described to you, awareness helps so much. You may have noticed, it's not like (laughs) a whole lot has really changed with me. It's just that I understand now where all that fear and anxiety was coming from. I can have compassion for myself. And just by doing that, it lessens so, so much. And so I'm going to be honest, I've had thoughts of like, you know what, I could just give the advance back and we could just hold everything like we could just stop it all. <laughs> like I can make this go away just now. Like I'm not I'm not releasing this book or whatever. Of course, I'm not going to do. But it just goes to show, you know, first of all, I like always knowing that there's options, but it just goes to show how much we're like, I'm just going to run away. I'm just not going to engage in this. But to a certain extent, the wheels are rolling here, right? Like this book's coming out for sure. But what I was thinking about in terms of you, the podcast listener, is how have these types of identities held you back? You know, maybe it wasn't something where, you know, the machine was already rolling and it wasn't going to screech to a halt for you. Like it's something where it's like, you know what, I could put my hat in or I could raise my, you know, in the ring or raise my hand for this type of thing. And I notice myself withdrawing, right? Or holding back. Or I notice myself wanting to get out on the dating world, except I just feel like this part of me that just is like, no, don't do it. This inertia, a lack of inertia, let's say, right? Just holding still, not doing the things that take action to move us forward. I think that there's probably for every one of us something that we were rewarded for in our childhood that adults loved about us, but now maybe doesn't really serve us or creates more of a negative or intensely difficult emotional experience than we'd like to have. And sometimes then we're using food and alcohol to try to cover that up. Right? So just if you're like, wait a minute, I thought this was a weight loss podcast. Right, it is. Because all of this stuff ties into all the reasons we ask food to help us to feel better, right? We need to deeply understand what's causing the feelings we don't like and not just asking food to do it for us. And this could be a big one for you. So I am so curious to see (laughs) what you think. I would love to know what you were most or best of, because I think those of us who are high achievers in our lives, we were rewarded for something in our lives for sure. So I'm just going to know that being conscientious is a quality that I have that can be really beneficial at times. And also it's something that it's safe to dial back whenever that's warranted. And this might be a time where it's warranted. (laughs) And it's okay to go out there and it's possible to put your work out there, get all the feedback, including the positive and the negative, and still be okay. And that's still really what I'm working on is like, how does one open themselves up to public opinion in this way and still feel okay? (laughs) And I'll report back later because I'm still figuring it out. (laughs) All right, friends, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful rest of your week. I appreciate you so much. You know, we have our last time book ambassadors group going right now, which is going so well. I just want to say hi to all the book ambassadors. Thank you so much. Um, for your participation in our group. We're having such a great time. So fun. Something we haven't done before. And it's just been really, really, really great. And I will catch you next time. We're two weeks away from this book coming out. Fascinating. (laughs) Have a great, great week. And I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Ready to start making progress on your weight loss goals? For lots of free help, go to katrinaubellmd.com and click on free resources.